Hello and welcome. This is our Gulfstream All Turf Pick 3 show for Sunday, December 10th, the Christmas season upon us here in the Brooklyn Bunker. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital, joined once again by a man who uh, I, I can just tell, I can hear in his voice that there's a, a, a crinkle in his nose. He's getting ready for this Christmas season up in Saratoga Springs. He's Jonathan Kitchen. What's up, JK? Well, yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice. It's snowing outside. So, uh... <laughs> is it literally snowing up there? Uh, it is not currently falling, but when Rigatoni runs in from the backyard and he tries to slam on the brakes, he slides for about a foot and a half. <laughs> Better him than you. If we, we can all recall the, the brilliant uh, doorbell video from last year that gave, uh, gave everyone uh, such humor with your, you, you slipping and sliding out there in the, in the cold uh, Texas boy in the ice. I don't know. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> Uh, we talked a little bit on the other show about why we like these bets so much, so we won't uh, repeat that there, other than to say all turf pick three, very player-friendly, the kind of bet we want to be supporting. We're really getting off to the soft launch with it in December, and as we get into January and the real meat of the championship meet, something that's just going to become more and more important. We've got the Sunday version to talk about. Saturdays, we had a couple of stakes races and things playing out later in the card a um, little bit different kind of fair today, but still some uh, some terrific racing and and two year olds two year olds the order of the day in both of these pick threes we kick it off at two thirty four Eastern on Sunday with race number six we've got a two year old maiden special weights going a mile how are we gonna light this candle well you'll notice I see you looking we talked about on the last pod who was drawn on the AE for Todd. This horse gets into the body of the field here. Um, this is a spread race for me. I'm going to use ICU looking. I'm going to use uh, a Brumar who uh, looks like a private purchase, right? One ran well, extremely, uh, excuse me, first time out at 58 to one at Woodbine and then uh, switches to, to Safi Joseph. I'm not sure about the ownership. I didn't, I didn't notice, but anyways, whether it's not or doesn't, whether it doesn't make a difference, it's the same idea. The horse switched to, to Safi, um, so I think the horse is is live there. And then uh, round top uh, for Grand Motion, and then Mo Caliente drawn towards the far outside. Not an ideal draw, but one that I want to make sure I have as well. Uh, Ocala Rocket, I don't really get it. Uh, the horse was eleven to one on debut and and ran well that day, um, but then came back and, and did not run well. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm starting to question whether or not uh, that race was actually very good. Who was the first pick I got? I got you with the seven, eight and 12 as your, your back three, uh, was- uh, the two, I see you look at the Todd Pletcher horses on the AEs on Saturday. Yes, that's right. We talked about that horse on the other show, as you said. So two, seven, eight, 12, the numbers to kick things off. Uh, I've got some of the same ones, but some different ones. I, I was very interested in the five runner here, JK inherent promise horse had a big price tag, has great breeding, and had one of those debut races where the horse just never looked comfortable. But I thought based on catching a whiff of cash there and the hands that this one is in, you might see a little bit better stuff from the number five inherent promise in this race. I thought Abrumar, who you mentioned, just very, very obvious uh, contender um, that I want to include. Here's one that I'm curious to get your take on. You obviously didn't include in your picks, so you're not loving. But what about the pace play on Simsum, the one runner? Just looking at the established form and the, and the pace figures, this horse looks lengths faster than these others of these early. Is that one you could see uh, leaving in potentially? I'm just not crazy about the let's try five and a half 
Let's try five and a half. Let's try five and a half. Oh, let's stretch out. Okay. So it took you three times to realize the horse wanted to go a mile. Um, I just, that part of it is concerning to me. I get it. And the breeding isn't exactly, um, you'd never pick the horse on pedigree. It's, it was really just a pure, a pure pace play for me. And the other one I definitely want to use is the one you pointed out, the, the city of light baby, not babies. We won't be calling babies for too much longer, but I see you looking. We'll be on tickets. So five, seven, one, two for me, two, seven, eight, 12 for JK. As we get this altar pick three on Sunday started and we'll continue it by staying on the grass with two-year-old maiden fillies uh, going a mile once again. This was a race where I was very intrigued by number one, this country, a horse that was bet pretty hard on debut, um, made a little bit of a move into what looked a fast pace going the five and a half. And then just looking at this horse's pedigree, Constitution, um, Warfront Dam, and then the point you made before, Jonathan, too, about here we have one going from one that's bred to go longer, bet hard on debut, going from five and a half to a mile, crucially, potentially, with that cozy inside draw and a trainer that I just love to bet, the underrated. Though it's great to see him getting more and more horses again now. Really good to see Jimmy Toner, uh, the one this country, my top pick in there. And then I could, maybe I'll come back and and talk to you about some of my backups, but that was my main opinion in there. What do you think of uh, big this country and all the rest in race number eight? Yeah, I mean, for the country, I'm sorry, this country, it's just a little tricky because, you know, it was bet that day. The figure didn't come back that fast, but obviously there's a little bit of talent there. So I've got no problem using the horse. The four, um, I don't know what he called him, Cravale Diori, Dioro. You look at the race two back at Woodbine, it puts this, what's that? I I was maybe going to go, I was maybe going to want to go Cravale, but I know maybe it's Cravale. I don't know. You know the horse. It would be one of my backups too. So we both like this one. Yeah, I mean, this horse has the figures that kind of match a little bit um, and, and, and one that had some pretty good numbers, uh, or, you know, kind of in that, that October, or excuse me, that September, August range for a two-year-old. So I wanted to make sure I had those two. Uh, that's what the one and the four. And then there's a couple of other ones that look live, but it feels like they're both, they're all on the AE. Um, but I did want to use also Twisted Romance, who's the last horse in the main body of the field. Um, sorry, without these past performed, I mean, not the numbers makes it a little bit harder. Um, the only thing about this is I'm not crazy about horses that are stretching out that are drawn outside because they're not likely to get any coverage and you know how that can kind of go. So, um, twisted romance is, is, is one that I do think is interesting. Um, drawn, yeah, drawn outside. And then if they happen to get in, which I don't think they will, the, uh, the 12 hidden presence, another one that's a little bit interesting. So the, the 12 is twisted romance. And the 15 is Hidden Presence. So, so, so you like it. One, four, 12, 15 uh, with the assumption, but like with the one and the four is the main place? Yes. Yes. That sounds good. What else did I, I did I have any others to mention? I was definitely with you on the four. Um, I also, I, I put little notes down about the eight and the nine here as ones I potentially wanted to back up on, back up with. I don't think there was anything um, particularly clever about Roscoe Village, you know, nearly won the maiden last time and and I thought might get a decent sit. Just looked like a horse that was a contender who I wasn't particularly in love with. And then I did think that the nine pendulum was maybe a little bit against the flow last time at Keeneland. Bet hard there, maybe worth another shot. So bunch of ideas. We're pretty spready and and we're on some of the same horses, but different ideas for backups. 
in the first of the two all turf pick three races. <laughs> now we're going to talk about one. We're two year olds again, but now we're two year old maiden claiming 25s going a mile on a turf. And this is a race where I did ultimately separate it and come up with a couple that I want to press and play, but a, a race I, I like, I can only do it on a very, very tight ticket, but this is one where I wouldn't hate having at least one combination where I had all, I found it a bit of a head scratcher. Any more clarity for you, Jonathan, when it comes to this night, this uh, last race on Sunday? No, I thought this race was impossible. There's just no real standouts. One of my favorite things to do is in maiden claiming races is start with horses that are dropping and try to give them kind of a little bit more oomph. You know, you get the horse down on the inside, um, Tiger Roo. And, and, you know, this horse is exiting a, a you know, a, a really expensive two-year-old maiden race at Churchill. The horse took no money and yep. did no running. Yep. So it's like, you know, what do you, what do you want to lean on that horse there? There's a little bit concerning. Um, you know, the only one that really could grab my attention in here was the, the, the horse towards the outside. I don't have the, I don't have the numbers in front of I me. I have it. Um, and I'll give you the hot and lucky. The name. Yep. Hot and lucky does seem like the probable favorite and one. I always hate it. Right. When it's like, Oh, anyone could win, but I like the favorite. That's one of the reasons why I dislike this race so much. Cause I think yeah. hot lucky is going to probably be the favorite. You're 11. Right? Well, here's the way that I would uh, approach this, right? Like, I, I think you either need the all button or, or, or you have to kind of lean on, on a horse like this. And, and here's why I would say I'd lean on him. And then I can come back to some other ideas as well. First of all, horse comes back off 16 days um, where, you know, you, you, you like to think coming back that quickly, you're going to see a similar performance than what you've seen previously. In the last two races, this horse got hooked in red fractions up close in red fractions. So that's a, a plus to me that they stuck around. And, you know, we're fourth and third, but still we're right there with, you know, higher 70 numbers in the time form U.S. figures. So the way that I would kind of do this, and one of the things I love about having these different pools to play in, is one of the ways that I would play this race is I would play the, the all-turf pick three and try to and single here to get alive to this horse. But then what you could try to do is also maybe play some other pools where you can kind of cover some other scenarios here, right? You could play like a pick four or a pick five and use and play that a little bit more uh, where the minimum is a little bit lower. You can get a little bit more coverage here. But if you're right about hot and lucky, you're going to be drawing live into a field where a lot of people had to probably spread because there's not a lot to trust here. The other thing you can do is you could also kind of mess around a little bit in the exacto pool a little bit here. If you can get alive to a score, right? You get alive. Oh, I'm alive for 500 bucks or whatever it might be then you can say, you know what, I'm going to take a hundred of that and or 50 of that or whatever and play some exactas with hot and lucky getting beat. And you can kind of do that as well uh, to a certain extent. I I'm not really a big hedge person. Someone asked me the other day, I I'm not a, I'm not a big hedger. Um, and if you ever ask me privately, I'll tell you the story of, of, of one of my racing mentors. When I asked him one time, if I should hedge what he told me, grab but, your knees. yeah, grab your knees. But basically the I, but I, if it's a planned hedge, like my play is revolving around this idea that in the last I'm going to do this, I don't have a problem with that. I, I hear you. And I think that's smart to think about ways of leveraging different pools off of each other. The only other number I specifically wanted to, to number check, name check here was the 12 go, go G. And it's almost just an auto play on how strong, um, the, the flame away numbers are going 
a mile or longer on the turf. Very, very strong sire, something like 16% overall. And then the number in the form, I didn't pull this one myself, so we're trusting uh, Art Gropper, who did this closer look, but uh, says 28% first turf. That's not bad. Damn side doesn't do much for me, but from this post, this horse is going to be any kind of price in an open race. I think Gogo G, the 12 one to use along with the 11. I'm with you. Like, people are going to bet Tigaru. And I love a maiden dropper, but I love a maiden dropper that showed speed, a maiden dropper that caught money, a maiden dropper that showed some interest um, in the middle of the race. I feel like this is the kind of maiden dropper that's going to be overbet. I almost feel like my main opinion of the race is to let Tigaru beat me despite the draw, just because I think this horse is going to be like three to one and people are betting on air. They're betting on kind of betting on nothing. Are you are you with me on that when it comes to a dropper? Like, I don't mind treating a dropper like this almost like as a first-time starter, but I'm not giving any extra credit for that run at church. No, the horse did zero running. Huh. Zero. Absolutely none. So I don't I don't need a horse like that. I mean, especially what's going to be a short price because the rest of them are just such, such at, you know, such at a low level. Um, they're going to kind of bet this horse a little bit by default just because it is a maiden special dropper. Um no, this one will have to beat me from the inside with no tactical speed. Like I said, no running last time and took no money. One thing that I will say that I'll disagree with some trip handicappers when they, a lot of trip handicappers will dismiss horses who do no running. If they're bet, if they're bet at all, sometimes I don't mind. I, it's like, that's enough signal for me to go ahead. Or if they break slowly and this one did break slowly, but God, when you break slowly, aren't you at least supposed to pass a couple of horses? You know, It's like, there there are times uh, did no running is not an automatic i'm against but in the case of tigaru being 60 to one uh yeah um, we'll, we'll see we've probably just knocked this horse into the winner's circle but we'll see how it plays out did you have any other numbers you wanted to number check names or numbers you wanted to check as backups or you want to just leave this uh, the 11 with sort of all as the backup yeah, I mean, there's just nothing that really, there's just nothing. I mean, you know, if you grab anything else in here, to me, it feels like you're kind of grasping for straws. Um, you know, Hot and Lucky does have a couple of things in its favor. You know, nice figures on synthetic and turf. And has it been, uh, you know, attending paces that I felt were, were were at least honest. The only other horse I could think of was another short price horse, Mayor Jack, who, you know, was second time gelding, you know, it ran okay on debut going sprinting and maybe they just kind of gave a race back in 16 days, but you know, there's a whole lot of maybe butts and I hope, yeah. you know, that's all I'll just stick with, with uh, hot and lucky. I'm not hearing enough to actually include that as an official backup for you. A little Easter egg for those that uh, stuck it out till the end of the show. Closing thought from you, Jonathan, before we, uh, we, we, we get, uh, we get to the official weekend here. No, looking forward to uh, the, the 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 second launch of the of this weekend with these uh, all turf pick threes. Should be a lot of fun. We talked about this on the the regular late week show in the Woodbine segment with Drew. But did you do you realize the significance of the date, December twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen? Does that? Ring oh, is that? it the first? Is that the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the first? Is that our first episode? Our first, our first independent show, which means five years is coming up. We'll have content. Uh, presumably, we're going to be working with Santa. Do you have re- re- curse to me? Chappie. Chappie's been avoiding me. I haven't gotten that uh, deal uh, cemented yet, but we're going to get that done, I would think. And uh, we'll be back with a, with a big special. But if you have any clever ideas for, uh, for, for the fifth year of independent stuff, 
and, and maybe one of the projects I'll do is I can't come up with a real number, but I'm going to come up with a guesstimation of how many podcasts we've done between here and the DRF era. What do you think? Oh, no, it's why uh, it would, it was our first one on, on Captivate. Our, uh, no, we have a, we have a lost year from SoundCloud, but we can guesstimate it pretty well. Cause we were pretty much two shows a week. So, I mean, it was based, the first year is basically a hundred shows. And okay. then how you're saying in the, you could look in the green feed or something and captivate and, and come up with the exact number of shows. It's that's what gets confusing. Cause there's YouTube only shows. Now there's this, there's that it's, it's a little tricky, but I think we can come up with a pretty good guesstimate. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Start party planning for our, for our fifth anniversary, my friend. And uh, are you going to be in Saratoga early next week? I believe so. Yeah. Good. Cause I want to cash in on my beer after I win that other head to head bet with you. I love it. <laughs> All right. For Jonathan Kinchin, I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. Thank you so much to our friends at Gulfstream, especially Peter Rotundo for helping get this stuff uh, uh, teed up off and running. Look forward to having a very productive working relationship with our friends over there all year long. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.